Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. It is Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern. It's Super Bowl Monday. Super Bowl Monday. <laughs> um, Charlie and Eva have a great show planned today. By the way, we're on Skype as well, so you can see us. Um, not sure if you can tell which one is Charlie, which one is Eva, but <laughs> I'm Charlie. So the mission of our show, which we're proud of, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, is to make a difference. In the, I always get the, I always get this wrong, even though it's our mission, right? In our career, our life, and then the world. Yeah, that's close, but that's good enough. What does that mean? No, you did good. Okay. So, um, you know, we always say we're, we're so proud of our guests and our content that we bring every week. And every week I seem to be saying, but this one, this show is going to be over the top, most important. You do say it every time, although I have to admit, I don't think we've ever had a guest that I didn't like. I mean, I, I seriously, I say that with all seriousness. Right. I, uh, I, Everybody is so good. I agree. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. Uh, I just want to say real quick that um, our show last week was... Very, very unique. And I encourage you guys, when you have time, to go and click last week's replay because Martin Shapiro created um, a book about uh, what the world will be like in 2039, and it's really, really interesting. I just wanted it's to share It's a very different yeah. show, yeah. So, um, but today, if you wanted to create a sweet spot topic for our show, mm-hmm. based on the introduction that we just heard, are you concerned about your job, your career, you know? Right. Um, this is the show, right? I agree. This is the show. And um, I met, we met, uh, we're going to bring out our guest in a second. I just want to say that, you know, of course we met in person, and that's one of our privileges that we have. We feel we meet 99% of our guests in person which is very important to me. I I know that because you say it every week. (laughs) Well, and I say that because um, it you can see in someone, right? Mm. And um, the minute I met Tom, I immediately, once we started talking, knew we got to hear him. Everybody's got to hear him. You know, yeah, he's really passionate. And, um, you know, once I learned about uh, the credentials, I, I didn't really want to hear them anymore. I want to, I want to hear from him, you know? Right. Um, so I have, I know I have a lot of questions. Um, and, uh, we have a lot to learn today. So sorry for the hoopla. I just get a little pumped. You always get really pumped. Okay. Which is good. So I would love to introduce our very special guest, Tom Scarta. Tom, are you with us? 
I am. Thank you, guys. Hey, <laughs> thanks for the welcome. Listen, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Um, let me just say, Tom is a uh, speaker, author, best-selling author, I must say, of multiple books, um, facilitator, um, consultant, and everything in and between. franchise expert. And, and you know, I'm expert. saving the best for last. Um, uh, a franchise expert, and we're going to get into that a little bit as well. So, Mr. Scarter, how are you? This is great. I'm I'm fantastic. It's I've waited months and months to get on this show, so excited <laughs> the day's finally here. Okay, great. so share your contact information first, and then we'll go from there. Okay, I appreciate that. I mean, the best way to get me is is just on my website, which is thefranchiseacademy.com. Uh, and it's just one word again, thefranchiseacademy.com. Um, and on there, there's my email and, and there's a lot of other information Excellent. that we'll talk about now, I'm sure. Okay. The Franchise Academy. Interesting name. And, um, this new best-selling book, Franchise Savvy, can we get that from your website? Yep. It's, it's on my website. Absolutely. Uh, it's on Amazon and all those good places to get yep. really excellent help. And no, and I, I say that, um, you know, a while back I owned a franchise and, um, needed you, but, uh, you were not, you weren't there for him. You weren't there for me. <laughs> this was in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but before we start, and forgive me if I'm way off base here, but somehow I made the connection when we met, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. about Chuck Wepner. For some reason, I can't get Chuck Wepner out of my head when we talk, and maybe it's someone else, but I just was wondering if that rings a bell. Chuck. At the moment, it doesn't. For some okay. Reason. But I know so, that when we was we it maybe? Do, are you from Bayonne or somewhere in New Jersey? I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Ah, interesting. Okay, so strike three, <laughs> you're out. Um, <laughs> I, for some reason, I was thinking Bayonne, but Brooklyn. Okay, so I'm from Queens. So you're a, we, when you were in Brooklyn, that's like being on the other side of the world. What do you think? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Okay, so, you know, Tom, here's the deal, right? Um, Everybody has been impacted, as you well know, one way or another in the workplace. Um, And I'm looking at some of the handouts that you provided, 86% of Americans hate their jobs. Don't you think that's true? I wanted actually to talk about that. Statistic just for a second, the 86% of Americans hate their jobs because it's like everywhere we went, we've been in so many corporations, you and I, and everywhere we go, it's like, I hate this place. (laughs) Right? Everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. So that's why, that's why when, you know, we knew Tom was coming on, this is just such a perfect topic. So I'm sorry, but I interrupted you. No, it is a perfect topic because Tom can offer a solution. I know. Right? Yes. Um, and I, you know, I, I have so much to ask that I might get confusing, but if what is the normal path of um, questions 
someone might have um, in a in a business environment that they're looking to get out of that maybe you can offer some help as a starting point. Is that fair? I think, I, yeah, I think the best thing that I can do is dispel a lot of the myths that are out there about franchise ownership and, and just business ownership in general and also how to maybe not get into business and keep your job but how to make that better uh, and a better place to be every day. Um, but, yeah, it, it, for me it's all about busting the myths of franchising and explaining to people that there's more than 3,500 franchises in 90 different industries and 89 industries have nothing to do with food, which is always top of mind for <laughs> franchising. Yeah, that's what comes uh, first. But I want to just say that, um, you know, that answer that you just gave, I love it because you're talking about options, but also maybe staying where you are and maybe learning how to like it. Yeah. I and I just that think too. that is, that is a very unique thing to say, but very, very, uh, very, very important. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but somewhere along the line, you got into franchising. I know you have other books about change and yep. um, business success. And somewhere along the line, you got into franchising. Was that because you wanted to make a change, so you decided to be that change? That, that's exactly right. Yeah, I, I used to work for the uh, subway system in New York City. I was a subway conductor. If you, if you ever rode on a New York City subway, I'm the guy that was opening and closing the doors and making the announcements that you couldn't understand. Wow, what um, line? What lines were you on? BMT, well, IRT? Mostly BMT, a little bit of IND. Um, never, I have never worked on the IRT. The IRT is the numbered trains. Yeah. For those of you yeah. familiar with the subway. I was yeah. mostly out of Coney Island, Brooklyn, on the D and the B, the, the Delta and the Bravo. Nice. And the, uh, yeah, the N train going, you know, all the way up to Dittmar's Boulevard in Queens. Yeah, you used to drop off thousands at Yankee Stadium on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Right? Yeah, still do. Excellent. They, well, they do. I don't. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I had a great job. I was there for 13 years and, you know, in my parents' eyes, it was the best job you could possibly have Mm because you had a pension and benefits and you had a union and couldn't get fired. And unless you did something really stupid, like show up on, on drugs or something like that. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's such a great job, but it wasn't fulfilling my soul. I knew that there was something more out there for me. And, and so I had to take the leap and do something different. Wow. Wow. And how do you even start thinking about what the possibilities are when you want to make a change? Well, it, well, first of all, to, to make a change, you just can't make a change overnight. you got to get built up for it mentally and financially as well, and I'll talk about that today too. But, um, you know, what I, I was just reading books about, you know, think and grow rich and the uh, positive thinking and, you know, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale and all those kind of books. And I was getting myself kind of mentally prepared. Unbeknownst to me at the time, I was just looking to try to, you know, feel better about myself and and my job. And I realized one day I I walked into a a lunchroom uh, at the transit. There was an old timer there. And he said, he looked at me and he's like, hey, kid. You know, this is a great job. You'll always have a shirt on your back. 
It won't be a silk shirt, but you'll always have a shirt. And that kind of was like a, a bucket of cold ice water on me. I was like, wait a second. I'm working like crazy, mm. and, you know, nights and weekends, and I have, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays off on my regular days. And then I looked around at my bosses, and as much as I really enjoyed everybody at Transit, my bosses and my fellow workers, uh, my bosses were not living the lifestyle I wanted to live, but business owners were. I was like, all right, I need to be a business owner, but I know nothing about business. I don't have a formal education in that respect, and I don't mm-hmm. have, you know, I don't come from money and pedigrees. But I realized mm-hmm. that a franchise's business was training wheels, and that's what I needed. So when you buy a franchise, you're buying the support of the franchise company to help you with everything from hiring staff to advertising to the day-to-day operations. And and so I ended up um, getting in touch with the company I now work with, uh, and what, what we do is match people with opportunities based on skills and personality. And my consultant back then in 2000 matched me to a smoothie and coffee franchise. Hmm. I, and I quit and I jumped into it. In short, that's my story, guys. Well, um, first, um, I want to say that you're very positive in your speaking, mm-hmm. right? So um, I don't know if you always had that or that developed from you doing the work, like you mentioned, reading some books and things. Um, but as a business owner, I would enjoy being a customer. And I think that's for you. And I think that's part of it, right? Well, yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, I, I, it's cool that you figured this out. You're right. I was not always, you know, Mr. Positive back in the day. And that's why I was reading those books. So I was, you know, struggling at work and, you know, relationships and all that kind of stuff. And and I figured out ways to change my way to, to have a more fulfilling and productive life. Uh, and that's part of what I um, talk about in the magic of choosing uncertainty, which is my my first book, hmm. and um, and then franchise savvy, my second book that came out past August, um, is all about my story, basically how how I went from employee to employer, how I built it, and some of the right. really positive things I've did I've done in, fr- in franchising, and also some of the mistakes, which I think are more important. You know, I learned more from the mistakes I've made and the failures that I've had than than anything else. No, um, I love it. I think your story is great. Um, You know, uh, what I was getting at was in in a bad economy or a good economy, it's never the end, right? That you Mm -hmm. can always move forward. And some of us uh, that work, just as you described really hard, can be even making really good money, but it's sucking out our hope right. and soul. So it's not always about the money. But anyway, Mr. Scarta, um, we love it. We kind of just scratched the beginning. We're going to take our first break, and then we're going to come back and maybe dive into some detail a little better. Yes. Okay, so please stay with us, everyone. This is going to change your life. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning Shared Leadership Training Seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. 
CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. We're into Segment 2 with our guest today, Tom Scarta. Tom is a speaker, author, and he is also a transition facilitator and a franchise expert. And he is the author of two books, The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty and Franchise Savvy. And you can find out more about Tom at his website, thefranchiseacademy.com. And so, Tom, I loved what you were saying about how you prepared mentally and financially, because I think so many times, like, people would meet you now, they see that you semi-retired, I believe, at 41, and they think to themselves that it happened overnight. And I wanted to take a little bit of a step back and talk more about that preparation that you did and that mental preparation that you did and how long it actually took you from the time that you decided, I think I need to make a change, to actually taking the leap. Because I think a lot of times people get a little bit confused and say, like, well, he got his franchise up and running in however long it took you. Let's say it took you six months, and and you certainly had the help and support of the franchise behind you. Um, However, there's a whole lot of time behind that to in order for you to get ready. So how long did it take you to get ready? And besides reading books, was there anything else that you did? Because that's a big jump going from um, working the subway as a conductor to owning your own franchise and being a business owner. That takes a big mental shift as well as kind of, you know, looking in your family's face and saying, you know, I'm going to be making a big change and even, you know, dealing with all of that. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it and yeah. I have, you know, I guess you're exactly right. I, there was a famous boxer and I can't remember the what, his name or which boxer exactly, but he said that a boxer never wins in the ring. He's merely recognized there. Mm. That's right. That's the point you're hitting on. You're exactly right. Now I bought a franchise and I worked my butt off, especially compared to working a government job. Yeah, Um, You know, I had to make my own paycheck. But I loved it because it was my baby. But prior to that, buying buying that franchise at the, uh, really the very end of the year 2000, and so I started operating in 2001, um, even, you know, leading up to that point, I was reading books for a good five years, going to seminars like, you know, Tony Robbins and other things that you know about and you guys are even involved in, I highly recommend going to the seminars that you guys are presenting. Um, you always walk out with at least one golden nugget that helps you take your life to the next point. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I always believed that. And then I heard somebody say, you know, you should be on a budget with your life, you know, with your money, but also 10% of that money 
should really go towards self-development and helping you, yourself get to the next level. And, you know, aside from college and, and traditional school, there's so many people out there with so much information that are willing to share, and that is really what made the difference for me is listening to a lot of different speakers and reading books and going to the programs. Um, on, on the FranchiseAcademy.com, uh, I have a reading list, actually, of a bunch of stuff that, that I hold in high regard that I feel changed my life, for the, you know, in regard to names of books. I have a bunch of titles on there. Um, so it, it takes years. So if you decided, you know what, for whatever reason, uh, I'm quitting my job, or even uh, I got downsized, so I don't want to go back to corporate America, because I've been there for 20 years and, and it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, even if you bought a franchise today, I mean, you'll from the time you get your doors open to the time you're really rocking and rolling, and you know, it's six months, a year before you're really comfortable in your new skin. So it takes a lot of time to ramp up, um, but time goes fast if you think about you know your life growing up. You know, time flies by, so a year is nothing. Um, but what you're doing with a franchise is cutting down your ramp-up time and buying up your time to break even and be successful. Because uh, you pay, you know, you pay for the franchise fee, uh, which is sometimes equal to a down payment on a house. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of money, but you're buying a system that's going to fast-track you into entrepreneurship and business ownership really is, is the correct term because it's really not being an entrepreneur if you if you really want to split hairs. But um mm-hmm. Right, it's but it's there's you know people have made millions upon millions upon millions in franchising, and a lot of myths out there is that you know it, it it's not a great business model, um, but quite to the contrary, it's it's the biggest supplier of jobs in America over the past I think it's five years. I've tasted every other industry supplying jobs, and not only in and the food industry, right? yeah. not only in the food industry. Not only in the food industry, that's exactly right. Um, there are uh, let's see, the, the fran- franchise, franchising industry actually employs more people than any other industry uh, in the country, next to only the U.S. military. Um, I didn't know that. That's so, really interesting. Well, hold yeah. on. Let me just sidebar for a second here. Yeah. When we moved from New York City to the heartland, mm-hmm. all we see is franchises, right? Which we didn't even know yeah. were franchises. Yeah, you're right. You every know, restaurant, every, that I that had way. no yeah. idea this was a franchise or that was so anyway. That was, mm. to your point, I agree. Yeah, and yeah, I really yeah. like what you said about, you know, it, t- it took you that five years just to ramp up mentally because that's the biggest piece. Because taking that, you know, taking that leap and leaving, leaving the subway, that was a big deal with, you know, like you said, you had great benefits, you had pension, it was a steady job, you'd have a shirt on your back, which, you know, that was a drag, but you knew you would, mm-hmm. <laughs> you would have a right. shirt on your back, you know, and then and then taking this leap where you're actually putting money into it and you don't have the experience when you start out. And yes, there's a system, but, you know, I'm sure there's also a chance that you could lose that money. And so it was really yeah. scary. So it took it took a lot of courage. It took a lot you're kind of skirting over the mental preparation piece, but you really had to mentally prepare because that took a lot of courage to do what you did. Yeah. Well, and I, I thank you for that. And I think that it did. And I got, I just got that courage like anybody else could, you know, through the books. I mean, I grew up 
with civil service parents, right? My mm-hmm. dad was the New York City police officer, and my mom worked for the Board of Education. So it was very blue-collar, very civil service-type family. And for me to say, I'm not going to do this, uh, and I'm going to, you know, be an entrepreneur, they thought I was insane. Um, right. The friend, my friends thought I was crazy. Everybody thought I was crazy. But it was like the best thing I ever did. And now, you know, if you trace it back, I mean, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys right now if I didn't make these changes. So I feel blessed that that I I did this. And when I when I do things in my life, I, I feel like wow, I, it's because I made some drastic changes. You know, great things happened in my life, and you know, I wish that there's a way to kind of put a mathematical formula on it. But mm-hmm. it comes down to having faith and courage, as Ava said. It's all about the faith and courage in yourself. And I tell people all the time, as you go through the process of finding a franchise, it's really, if you work with me, I tell you, it's not difficult to find a great franchise. We can most likely find you something that's fantastic. But what it comes down to is your, your final decision is not the choice between franchise A or franchise B, but your real decision is the choice between uncertainty and yeah. unhappiness. To franchise or not. At all. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, if and you most- think about it, you know, just like, like looking back, if, I mean, I'm sure that never, you know, in the beginning, when you first started taking all this personal development work and you were, you know, conducting on the subway, did you ever think like flash forward and here you are with, you know, two Amazon bestsellers, um, the Franchise Academy, you're speaking, you're, so you're a speaker, you're an author, you're an expert, you're a trainer. I mean, I'm sure that never even crossed your mind back then. No, no, I just wanted to be happy. <laughs> anyway, let me just add one more thing to that, mm. and that is, and that's also oftentimes put under the rug, and that is all of the lives that you influenced now yeah, from what you're doing. Right. I mean, even us right now, we're all excited because we want to start asking questions about franchising. So you're actually influencing others, which is even over and above being a you know business owner. Right. Right. I know. So it, 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 that's great, Charlie. And and I and you're right. I often forget to tell people that you know I, I put somebody in a franchise. I match them to a great franchise. And I do it all over America, so they could be anywhere. And then that person opens up that franchise, their first franchise unit in their in their town. The average franchise will create 10 to 20 jobs locally right where they are. So I'm creating a job. So here, you know, so now I'm working with, you know, Joe Smith, who buys a franchise in Albuquerque, and then he employs 10 people. One of those people end up, you know, really doing well and, and he had a problem getting a job for six months before that. You know, I don't know how big, how far the ripple goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. But I get really excited thinking about that. Interesting. Really excited. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is the, cool. this segment, right? Yeah. We're getting basically free consulting lesson here, right? Right. Because now we, we've learned a lot, right? It's not just a light switch. You don't just say, poof, I'm going to buy a business or whatever, you know? Well, and now I was just thinking in the back of the, my mind, you know, whenever you see on the news when they talk about job growth, we'll just think, Tom. Um, uh, okay. So I was going to say something in the next segment, but since you brought it up, we have two minutes. And I just want to say real quick, um, everybody's saying 
the unemployment is down, but the workers never came back. It's a scam. It's a, it's a conspiracy. No, the unemployment rate is down and the workers that didn't come back all went through Tom and started their own business. And that's yeah. why there's a, an explosion of businesses and entrepreneurs and things. So, so there. Well, and I like that you're just, you know, basically paying it forward, right? I mean, you're, you're changing, you're changing the economy. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's terrific. Um, so, you know, we're going to go ahead and take our second break and then we come back. We have a lot more questions. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So that's perfect. Okay. So stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our guest today is Tom Scarter. We're talking franchises. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, segment three, and we are live with our very special guest, Tom Scotter, and we're learning about so many things. We're learning about, you know, uh, Tom, our model, my model is, um, care in that you have to care about something. You have to care about what you do, but also you have to have the willingness to be influenced. And what I've heard from you so far is if it wasn't for your willingness to be influenced, you would have maybe never known what you really care about. So, I mean, or what you could do or what the potential is. I mean, that's the first step, right? I mean, uh, just writing two books is a big deal. Yeah. Two, not one, two. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yep. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, I go back to Jackie O who said, even if you write only one book, it's like, it's just, that's easy. You're doing something really good. So, um, anyway. The Franchise Academy, okay, the Franchise Academy. Just go there, okay, and Tom is your teammate, mm-hmm. the Franchise Academy. So, and you can get books, coaching, consulting, um, and you don't have to be looking for a franchise to reach out to Tom based on what we know mm-hmm. of Tom. <laughs> so, um, franchising, right, um, it gets a little tricky, right? You have... Uh, services versus products, right? Um, yeah. Different, different. So I guess it all depends on the person, I would think. And I, uh, I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. How do you start? Right. Because some executive types that get downsized maybe walk in with money, thinking that they can just do something. But if if you don't match them correctly, they're gonna lose everything. Right. Mm. Just the same as anybody else. Right. 
That's exactly right. And it's that problem that I'm trying to address is that people call me um, on a daily basis, and some people I never hear from, unfortunately, who say, hey, I, I saw this XYZ franchise when I was on vacation or whatever, and there's none anywhere near this area where I live, and I want to put one here. Um, they might be onto something, but it might not be the right franchise for them at all. And yeah. even if it is a good franchise for them, in regard to the the hours, the investment level, the return, and everything that goes involved with the analysis of the franchise, even with all that said, is the franchise company itself a good company that will be able to support you halfway across the country? Do they have yep. a track record, you know. Yep. So that is um, kind of where I come in, and because I pre-screen the franchises, our, our company as a team of people that um, pre-screen all the franchises in America, we want to make sure that they, you know, the, the franchise agreement isn't slanted one way towards the company and doesn't allow the franchise. Uh, on the street to actually make money. There's a lot mm-hmm. of different things to think about. And, um, um, and you know what's interesting, right? So um, someone purchases a franchise, but they don't have, a, and it's a product, it's a business like a store of products, but they don't have people skills. So they're used to being the boss maybe at work. So now they're a servant to the customer. It's tricky, right? That's something that probably um, you have to really find quickly to help prevent a disaster for this person. Yeah, that's that's some of the first stuff I'm listening out for is, um, you know, whether they're gregarious and like to talk and or are they a wallflower? I mean, there's franchises for both types, but you just got to make sure you get the right type for that personality type. Yeah, and also, yeah, I hadn't um, even really thought right. about that. Yeah, the person that doesn't like to interact versus the person that that's all they like to do. Now, right. with fran- with franchising, um, it, there's a lot of, it seems like in the universe or the Internet, all of the feedback is usually bad, whether it's a recipe, a book, the weather. Everybody's always tends right. to write bad stuff. So every franchisor probably has some bad press. You have to actually sift through that probably, right? Yeah, because you do have to realize, just like, you know, if you, if you go to um, one of the survey sites uh, online and look for a restaurant, you know, you'll read three great reviews, and then you'll read something yes. from somebody who was either in a bad mood that day or... Mm-hmm. You know, expectations were a mechanism. Expectations are everything, um, whether they, they are deserving or not. But same with the franchise company. Nobody's getting on the franchise website or whatever blog site and saying, oh, my franchise is great. It's the best thing ever. I love it. You know, you should buy one too. People just sort of, it's just not human nature to do that. But it's human nature to get on and complain Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. because misery loves company. So it's just, so you're right about that. And that's what I help people do also is circumnavigate all the nonsense that's out there because um, you don't know what's real and what's not. We do. We get to the bottom of it. And the way we do that is by talking to the actual franchise owners in the field 
and we go through a battery of questions to see if they are, you know, happy, making money, getting support, you know, they feel like they'll do it again, which is really, um, you know, a big thing. So if I go through the Franchise Academy and I and we have our consulting time and we come up with some potentials, you guys actually not only look at the franchisor, but you look at the other franchisees to see how they are faring with the support they're getting as well? Yes. And we wow, that's a that. lot. Yeah, and we go deeper than that. We We look for people that have the same background as you. Because you'll see that certain types do do well in in certain franchises. So if we have a bunch of CPAs happen to be, you know, in a particular franchise, a bunch of CPAs and former engineers and and tech guys, that tells you a certain personality type right there. Um, and then if I get a guy who's this outgoing sales guy and you know his, he's just a different type than the other folks that are in that franchise, the accountants and engineers then I look to not place him in that. I don't, we don't talk about that franchise because he's not a good fit. Yeah, um, interesting. Well, that is interesting. Can you give us a couple examples, Tom, of the type of businesses that you're talking about, like one compared to the other? Well, absolutely. I mean, first, you know, from a very, you know, 100,000-foot view, yeah. franchises or any businesses fall into really three categories. Um Actually, let me say four categories. There's retail, but there's two types of retail. There's a simple retail, which is going to be in a strip mall kind of, you know, subway sandwich shops and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. laundry mats, you know, that kind of thing. Then there's complex retail, which is your sit-down restaurants here, what they call quick service QSR restaurants. And those, a lot of times, they'll have more than 20 seats, like an Applebee's or or Taco Bell, or, you know, those kind of things. Um, They're much more expensive. And then the other side of the coin is service businesses. And the service businesses that cater to um, the consumer and others that cater to the other businesses. And so it's a a B2B environment. Um, And those kind of businesses... People normally don't think about because you don't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I want to get into something that is a cleaning franchise or something that um, has to do with home, selling, you know, soft goods or blinds mm-hmm. or, you know, for the home. Uh, you know, there's so many things that you don't think about which are just really great franchises. You know, the staffing industry and the B2B side and, mm-hmm. you know, things that support. You know, support businesses or commercial cleaning is a fantastic business model. So there's so many different options that people don't think about. I mean, even myself, when I first started and I contacted the company I now work with um, that does the pre-screening for me, they um, they matched me. You know, I went in there thinking I wanted to buy an ice cream franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, ah, you know, franchising kind of, uh, you know, the ice cream thing has kind of been done. How about the smoothie thing? And and then we went through the fact that it was a lot of nights and weekends. You know, I, if I was going to do this franchise, my family had to know that I was going to be doing a lot of concerts at night and um, sporting events and things like that with this particular franchise. It was a special event concession type smoothie mm-hmm. coffee. Uh, right. And, you know, you get like some of those 
businesses you were describing that have staff, that might be really good for, let's say, a big corporate people manager person that was downsized, right? That might be a better fit, you know, and I guess that's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we don't think about stuff like that, right? Um, one One of the things that I found in franchising to be aware of is, um, oftentimes the franchise charges, the franchisor charges the franchisee retail for products needed to run the business. In other words, at the end of the day, I've become their number one customer as well. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and uh, you're, cor- you're correct. However, I do want to say that, that, you know, never a surprise. Um, you are disclosed before you buy the franchise, and so you'll know exactly what the situation is with that particular franchise if they're doing that. Like what you're referring to is if you're in a franchise and and you need uh, cups and paper plates. Yeah, things going, like that. You know, instead of going to Sam's Club to buy that stuff, you're going to get the logo stuff, and you're going to pay sometimes the same price uh, as if it was retail, but. Everything is taken care of for you. The logo's on it. The shipping comes to your comes to your door. I mean, so there's some perks yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, but again, you're right, and, and that's that's why you know in franchising, the Federal Trade Commission of the government um, oversees franchising. They mandate that every franchise have what they call a franchise disclosure document, and that document makes the company totally transparent. So you'll get to see information like you're talking about. Uh, you'll see if there's any, you know, litigation against the company um, or perpetrated by the company anywhere in the country for the past 10 years. Um, you'll know exactly how much it is to open and operate that franchise to the dime. There's no hidden costs. There's no hidden fees. Everything is in there. Um, wow. You'll have a list of people that actually sold or closed their doors in that franchise, which is really important you want to talk to those people and find out why they closed. Yeah, I mean, this is why you need the Franchise Academy, right? I mean, there's just, and I agree, it could be endless information that I might skip over something in the FTC disclosure. Like, for example, maybe the whole success factor is based on a unique patent that they have, but it might be expiring in three years or something like that, right? Yeah, typically in franchising, you don't find that kind of stuff happening as much uh, because when you're when you're franchising, the, the model has to be duplicatable anywhere in the country without the franchise company being there. Um, so sometimes it's usually a simple model. Like if you think about it, like McDonald's did not invent hamburgers and Hamco did not invent transmissions. Right, but every hamburger just, tastes exactly the same at every McDonald's. That's your point, right? Right. It's it's all what they did is they took something that already existed and then systematized it. Like people mm-hmm. looking always for like what's the next wave, you know, like a few years ago it's like find me something that's a green franchise, something that's in solar panels or something like that. And typically franchising is not on that cutting edge of that kind of technology. Like, you know, right now people are calling me about marijuana franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, franchising is not gonna be on the forefront of that. You know, years after it gets whatever it is settled across the country, then somebody will come in and franchise it, make it systematic and automatic, 
So, like you said, every hamburger tastes the same, whether you're in, you know, Portland, Oregon, or, mm-hmm. you know, in Russia, or even Japan, or whatever. Um, so, I, I know, um, Eva, that we have to take a final break, mm-hmm. and we're going to do that. I just want to ask if when we come back in segment four, we can talk about one thing we haven't gotten to yet is, suppose you have something you think might be franchisable. Right. Right, maybe. Tom, we can talk about something like that as well. But please, we have more to come. Stay with us. Corporate Talk with Charlie Eva and special guest Tom Scarter. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Hey, hey, hey. So many questions, so little time, right, Charles? Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking today with franchise expert Tom Scarda, and you can learn more about Tom and his business, The Franchise Academy, at his website, thefranchiseacademy.com. And, Tom, I did have a question for you. Before we go into how to become franchisable, we have about 10 minutes left. How did you get into this side of it, right? Because you had a successful franchise. You were semi-retired. What made you decide to then create the Franchise Academy? Um, it's a great question. I, I um, was working with my smoothie franchise for about uh, four years or so. Met a gentleman um, who wanted to buy the franchise, and, you know, we negotiated out and had some great locations like the Jacob Javits Convention Center in Manhattan, for instance. And um, the guy made me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I cashed out. And then um, the company I work with, um, which is called Franchise out of Minneapolis, they're they're a franchise consulting agency. They asked me to come on board and help people do what I've done. And so um, I work with them, and they, they do the whole negotiating with the franchise companies to be presented or represented by us. And then I created the Franchise Academy um, to go along with that. Because what I found, you know, I'm doing this now 11 years. This, this April will be 11 years. I'm a franchise consultant. And what I saw, and even in myself, as you're going through the process of buying a franchise, you always have some kind of freak out because it's, it's brand new. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I so I wrote that book, The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty, to help people get over that hump of, of fear and, and changing their life. Um, and then one thing led to another, and people started asking me to speak, and then they, everybody kept on saying, you need to write a franchise book, and, and so I put this all together. And so the franchiseacademy.com is just a free resource of videos and uh, articles and stuff like that that I've produced that are just, you know, totally free, and it's just there to help people, uh, you know, make sure they pick the right franchisee, even if they don't speak to me. 
Wow, that's a terrific service. And I mean, it's terrific that all that material is free because it, it just gives everyone such a feeling of comfort when they decide that they want to move forward. And, you know, so when you were going through the franchise process, you said that, you know, there's stumbles, right? There's failures. Like, what do you see as maybe one of the biggest mistakes that people that are looking for a franchise tend to make? Um, the very first thing is people think that they need to be involved with something that they are going to love, something that's a mm-hmm. hobby. Because they say, you know, if you love what you do, you don't, you, you never work a day in your life, which is true. But a franchise is really a vehicle to help you get what you want in life. So if you are going to, like I had these two guys that I was working with um, out of Wall Street, and they're like, hey, we, we love golf. We want to get into a golf franchise. I'm like, well, you know, I can help you do that, but I can guarantee in about six months you're going to hate golf. So <laughs> you know, you're trying to pay your mortgage with it. I'll very, very, very smart advice. <laughs> no, yeah. That's... So, yeah. so I, I helped them go through a process. Um, they, they agreed uh, to go through this process with me. We ended up matching him to a healthcare franchise, and when I spoke to them over this past Christmas time, they said that, they couldn't answer the phone fast enough. I mean, things were just going gangbusters. Jeez. And they would have never thought about it in a million years. They, they were all getting into, like, you know, golf smith or something like that. And I'm like, well, you're going to be behind the counter selling golf clubs. That ain't no fun. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's a great point. And it's a great point that – and now – so now they have this healthcare franchise. And, you know, like you said, the phone is just ringing off the hook. And now they can go play golf yeah. and not have when, let it be when tainted. They go on vacation or right. whatever. It doesn't yeah. have to be tainted. Right. So, you know, going back to Charlie's question then. So let's say you have a business and it's a great model. You know, how, I mean, do you ever work with people in terms of taking what they have, their service or their product and creating a franchise? Yes. I, I don't do that um, as my regular thing. So I have a companies I work with. And it's typically, I'll tell you, um, the thing you need to know is typically lawyers that you, you need some franchise attorneys because what you have to do is create that franchise disclosure document and your operations manual. Mm. So when I, whenever I get this phone call that somebody wants to franchise their great idea, I, I say, you know, I give them some particulars. But one of the biggest things that you need to know is that if, you know, typically you probably started this business because you loved whatever it was making cupcakes or, you know, changing oil or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, you have to know that once you start the franchise, you're never going to see a cupcake or, or change the oil in the car again. It's going to mm-hmm. be selling franchises and supporting those franchisees. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do that, you know, you, there's a business reason to do that. This means that you want to expand your concept. A lot of people feel like, oh, People are going to love this, and we can put this in every corner of the country because it's such a smart idea. Um, that's not a reason to franchise. The, the reason to franchise is to grow the business. But what you're doing, I mean, to say it bluntly, is you're growing the franchise with other people's money um, as opposed to your own money and opening a second shop and letting somebody run that store. Right, and the main that's thing is point. that your the job description changes from what you were doing, running that business, to now supporting your franchises, right? It's different. Yeah, yeah. you have to hire a team, and you have to have an office and a training facility. Um, You know, a lot of people think that you make money from the franchise fee. You know, 
franchise fees a lot of money on average in America. A franchise fee forty thousand dollars. Average franchises yeah. that's average, and most franchises lose money on that forty thousand. They that's not a profit. <laughs> it's just really? um, yeah, believe it or not, because there's so much that goes in to acquiring acquiring somebody. I mean, it's, it's typically you know a good six to eight week process to put somebody through that investigation and due diligence, and you know you got somebody talking to them. Every week, and you got to pay that person to talk, you know, to represent the franchise and sell it. So it becomes a much bigger thing than just selling franchises and collecting, you know, the franchise fee. Interesting. That's good to know, right? Yeah. Um, just two quick things uh, that I wanted to ask is um, franchising tends to be um, local business, right? Not, you know, anywhere you want to do business, business. That's one of the things, if you want to go to a franchise, you have to understand, I think. Like, you're not going to open up a franchise here and try to do business internationally, I don't think, right? No, it's, it's yeah, it's, you get an exclusive territory for your area most of the time, and there's always exceptions to the rule. But essentially, whether it's a service franchise or a retail franchise, you're doing it in a territory that you buy that's typically close to your home. Oh, I get yeah. it. Yeah. So that's something to consider, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the other thing is what type of marketing help, because just like we were talking about earlier, when you do the match, oftentimes the people that are looking to be a business owner do not have any marketing skills, right? Typically, yeah. It depends on the type of person. So what I'm looking for you know, we, we do a two-hour consultation where I try to understand the person's skill set and their background, and I also try to learn their goals and what they want to get out of the business and how they want to spend their day-to-day in the operation. When I find out that they've never sold anything, I want to make sure that I find a franchise that's going to um, fill in for that lack of skill. So they'll handle, at the franchise level, a lot of the sales and marketing where the other where the franchisee can actually translate the skills that they've done in their time in corporate America into their own business. So it becomes a very symbiotic relationship with the franchisor. That's a the- real coach to have in your corner. It absolutely Man, is. oh man. Well, Tom, this was an absolutely terrific conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us. Uh, um, uh, my, the Franchise my, Academy. We want to send everybody there all week. The Franchise Academy. FranchiseAcademy.com, I appreciate that. And, you know, anybody who wants to talk to me just could email me. And uh, if you want to, uh, you know, I'll, I could make an offer if anybody wants to email uh, either Charlie and Eva or me directly. I'll give you a signed autographed copy of my book just for reaching out. Which well, is almost terrific. like Thank a free you. consulting as well Absolutely. in the book. Absolutely. Uh, great work, Tom. Uh, we are out of time. We are. Uh, and we yeah. would love to have you back. And we would love to stay in touch. Um, yeah, so please. thanks again and have a great day. Thank, Thank you, you Tom. That was a great show, right? Excellent show. So once again, it's Tom Scarda at thefranchiseacademy.com. He's got his books there, The Magic of Uncertainty and also um, Franchise Savvy. So thanks again, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great week. Bye, guys. <laughs>